I walked across the street and I ate an entire pizza and then I walked and then I drove home. Oh, where was the pizza? Via 313. Ooh, I wish they would support unions because their pizza is so tasty. I know. I I bit into that that crispy Detroit style crust and I thought, hmm, if only this was a union pizza. I had a very funny conversation with my parents uh, recently because the local pizza place in my hometown recently started doing Detroit style pizza. So on our weekly call, they were like, Hey, um, can you tell us about this? They made this up, right? Detroit style. There is nothing (laughs) on this earth that gets someone over 45 (laughs) years old, excited like a new regional pizza style. Detroit style. I was like, yeah, I think Little Caesars created it. So, like, you guys should have known about it. We had a Little Caesars for about a week. I don't think that's true, but... I think they did. I don't know about that. I think it was invented in the hot pans of the automotive workers. (laughs) It was was invented. It was in the hot pans. Okay. Okay, maybe it wasn't Little Caesars. Maybe it was 1946 Italian immigrant Gus Guerrera who invented it. That sounds right to me. Yeah. All right. Fuck you, Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Little Caesars. You fucking lied to me, you not piece even of that shit. Good. But let me tell you, let me tell you, if you put a bullet in the back of my brain right now, I'd still tell you that Little Caesars is hot and Little Caesars is ready. It's hot? And it's ready. But not... It, is it good? Is, it is hot. It's hot. And it is ready. <laughs> How's our pizza? Let me tell you in two words. <laughs> uh, it's... You know, it's... The condition's not important. It's not hot or ready. <laughs> or hot X or ready. Yeah. It is hot and ready. You cannot walk into a pizza, Charles. <laughs> I like um, my uh, local women like I like my Little Caesars pizza. They have to be local? Like local singles in your area? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I see, I see. I was trying, maybe connecting too many dots at the same time. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I what are you can't gonna do? go into a... Little Caesars, which I moments ago called Pizza Charles. Pizza you Charles. Go into a Little Caesars and order a hot pizza that isn't ready or a ready pizza that isn't hot. You can get ready player one. And some like it hot. Yeah, you can rent ready player one or some like it hot. You can also rent ready or not, but you can't rent ready or hot. You can rent ready and hot, which isn't real. Right. Is this, is this it? Oh, were you expecting me to like intro the show when there's a strike on John? Oh, God damn it. it sounds like you broke 
the picket line first since you talked first. So I guess I'll go ahead and continue to uh, intro the show if that's all right with you. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine. All right. Um, so we're on protest. Uh, John wanted to keep doing the podcast, though, even though it kind of breaks the 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 bands on. So I'm just going to say uh, welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. And instead of saying my name, I'm just going to read my picket sign. John, the one who talks too much. Wow. I guess I'm a fucking scab rat. And together we're John, the one who talks too much and a scab rat. Also, John, coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make the world more equitable, (laughs) in order to make the world more equitable for actors and writers. Uh, It is important that we make the world more, more, (laughs) it's equitable. Wow. More equitable. Hard word combo. Yeah. Uh, more equitable for writers and actors. I do want to let you know, Henry, that uh, SAG-AFTRA did come out with guidelines uh, laying out what is and is not a violation of the strike crossing the picket line and audio productions, including educational and podcasts, do not break the strike. However, promotion of a... A recent project does break the strike. So you can go on a podcast, but you cannot promote anything. Yeah, unfortunately, my uh, my Emmy press junket does have to end here. I've been really enjoying the press tour. I get a lot yeah. of questions like, what's your workout routine like? What's Chris Hemsworth like? What's it like to play Thor? Um, yeah. So it's, you, it's been, it's been a get, lot, yeah. but I got to stop it. I like all the times you could ask, do you get to wear underwear in your costume? Yeah, that's always a good one. Yeah. Um, I also like when they follow up with, um, what's your workout routine? Like they say like, no, really tell me like sets and reps. And they're like, you know, they ask all your, your co-stars like these deep philosophical questions and you get, so who are you wearing? Yeah, no, that's always fun. That's uh, that's always good. You know, there's no problem with the Hollywood press. There's no problem. Um, do you want to hear some alternative written pickup pickup picket lines that I have written here? Uh, I would. And by me, picket sign, picket signs, lines from picket signs. Yeah. Uh, and by me, of course, I mean Chat GPT, uh, where I go for all of my picket sign needs. Of course, uh, solidarity ha- forever with ChatGPT. It yeah, is yeah. a writer. Keep that in mind. I am not allowed to write right now, so I have to get ChatGPT to do my writing for me. Of course. Uh, because I don't want to cross the picket line. But uh, I had to do some very clever prompting because for some reason, uh, ChatGPT didn't want to insult you. <laughs> wow. I'm. Uh, did you ask it to insult me like an engineer? I asked it as, a, as if it were my grandfather. Ah, there we go. <laughs> wow, and your grandfather has really taken it out of my hide a few times, so I can only yeah. imagine. Uh, R.I.P. both of them. Here we go. Uh, they're not great. Uh, uh, the one I read was John, the one who talks too much, which does is very unclear. Not really demanding anything. Um, here's one. We want more airtime too, John. Mm, okay. John, keep calm and share the mic. All right. Well, we have two microphones, so I don't know that that one's totally accurate, but fair play. Uh, I don't get this one, but I love it. Bring in backup dancers for John. (laughs) What? (laughs) I mean, I agree. I agree with that one wholeheartedly, but I don't know that I don't understand the spirit of it, I suppose. And this one just gives you an epitaph, which I find really fun, too. John, the podcast prankster. Aww. These last yeah. two I like. Um, I then decided that I, so the prompt that I wrote in for that was write me some pickup signs protesting the co-host of zero credits and on its own, it found John. Oh, so, that's weird. So then I said, write me some picket signs protesting the host of zero credits. Um, and my name is not anywhere. And here so then i asked who is the host of zero credits and it just gave us our bio that i wrote a long time ago so i don't know how it found you but it certainly did not find me 
Yeah, well, it's unfortunate to hear that we don't have a host, but I'm I'm glad to be the one and only co-host. Yeah, um, but uh, yes, so that's, it's it's a it's a nice honor in the midst of the strike. The strike is on, folks. So I think we briefly covered that the writers were striking, and now after so many months, I'm going to say one and a half, maybe two. Uh, SAG-AFTRA. What does the AFTRA stand for? Actors from Toronto raging. I do. I, I I think I hold on. So it SAG joined with AFTRA, right? That's what happened. I guess. I know SAG is Screen Actors Guild. Uh, Screen Actors Guild dash American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Okay, so that must include a lot of other people who are not just screens. Uh, not just screens. Radio yeah. artists and radio. television, which some could argue, and many have, is a screen. You know, not successfully, though, because the two do remain separate, hyphenated, if you will. Yeah, the only one that uh, crosses that picket line, so to speak, is, of course, HBO. Because it's not what TV. Is, what, not TV. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Sad joined the strike after they tried to, you know, uh, bargain against their whoever they're bargaining, whoever AMPTP is. Do you know who that is? I don't. Okay, I can Amp-tit? look it up. Tit. <laughs> Ampipped. Ampipped. Ampi. Uh, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. So these are your sides. You got SAG-AFTRA on one side, and you got AMPTP on the other. They are they are trying to negotiate. When I say trying to, SAG-AFTRA is trying to negotiate, and AMPTP seems to just be writing the word rejected a bunch. Uh, I love it. I've been looking through some of those documents. It's thrilling to see that they are just rejecting pretty much all of their very reasonable demands. Yeah, some fun demands. So, like, at the core of all of this is in solidarity with the writers, uh, revenue sharing, and new media ventures. Uh, The way that SAG-AFTRA writes it is cast would share in the revenue generated when their performances are exhibited on streaming platforms this would allow cast to share in the success of high-performing shows, to which AMPTP countered, rejected. Countered, rejected, of course. Uh, I, I would like to say, as a super quick aside while we're going through the demands, there's this thing going on in the covering of the SAG-AFTRA strike against AMPTIP, uh, or whatever, AMPTP, uh, where people are... Either it's like written by AI, which is becoming increasingly a problem in all journalism, or people are wanting to like be sympathetic to unions and make it sound a certain way. They're rephrasing demands to requests. Uh, and I think that's cute, but I think using the word demands is actually really important when you talk about unions. Yes, Absolutely. Because it's their right, and it's your right as a worker in a union to make demands of your employer. It's not rude to make a demand. You are just forming a new contract. Exactly, yeah. These aren't really requests. Uh, This is meet this or else we will not go back to work. Yes. Uh, Two of my favorite demands uh, in this this crop of of just really great demands are... uh, Two under the subcategory safety uh, meal breaks increase the penalties for not providing meal breaks, which have not been updated since 1961, uh, to which they were countered, rejected. And then also (laughs) update the meal break policies from 60 years ago. No way, buddy. You're given two minutes to chain smoke and then you have to get back on set. Right, exactly. Uh, And then rest periods comes right after that, which states increase the penalties for failing to allow performers sufficient rest between workdays, which they countered with rejected. Boy, howdy. So no rest for the wicked. Uh, You just have to, I guess, keep plugging away and keep getting that, keep keep hurting that body. (laughs) It's... This is a particularly interesting strike to me. And also another quick aside, SAG after president Fran Drescher. Yeah. 
That's crazy. That's, yeah. I love that. I loved the nanny growing up, but now I learned that Fran Drescher is like an unrivaled badass. It's great. She's she's been nannying the uh, Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA for years. And she's like, but Mr. Amp Tip, right? Wasn't that a thing in the nanny? Wasn't that like a not catchphrase? Familiar, not familiar that? with the show. I'm sorry. To Very say. stylish. Maybe a little bit sexist. Okay. Um, but maybe empowering. Who knows? I certainly who, don't. Who is to say? Who's to say? Uh, the thing that I find um, most compelling about the combo WGA and SAG-AFTRA strike is that it, correct me if I'm wrong, but like that's kind of it, right? <laughs> like if 160,000 card-carrying SAG members say they won't work and the Writers Guild of America says they won't work. Hollywood shuts down. It's over. Yeah, yeah. So, so far, uh, a lot of projects have been interrupted. Um, I'm going to name one off the top of my head. Deadpool 3 has suspended production as well as a bunch of other big name ticket movies um, that have stopped. Um, maybe uh, X, X Force. <laughs> Uh, okay, here's a list of them. Here we go. Um, and, you know, we got some heavy hitters here. Deadpool 3, Gladiator 2, Venom 3, Beetlejuice 2, Wicked, Paddington and Peru. <laughs> okay, you know, I wasn't interested in a single one of those until Paddington and Peru. Oh, my God. Padding- Paddington has a picket sign? Paddington has a picket sign. Um... The Paddington movie's cast includes American actor Rachel Rachel Zegler, who said on Twitter, she is all for striking to get a fair deal for myself and my fellow actors. Is also concerned for her tireless crew. Yeah, where are they in all this? I uh, here's a concern that I do have about the SAG-AFTRA strike, and this might be totally unfounded. It's just something that I'm concerned about is let's say you have the um i let's say some iww workers strike in like um i don't know a factory that makes anchors or marine equipment right striking for better working conditions uh people who cross the picket line for that would have to be pretty rare because they have to be the kind of people who I guess, want to make marine equipment, though those people don't really exist for the most part, but it's people who want to make money doing a hard job, right? Correct. Yes, skilled laborers who want to do a very technical, very specific job. And SAG-AFTRA is all, I mean, all labor is skilled labor, but I feel like there's this maybe reductive stance or reductive idea that I have that there are a lot of people whose greatest dream it is to be in movies and to write for movies. And I think there are a lot of people who have, because of the nature of these industries being very small, very selective and uh, full of nepotism and racism, a lot of people don't make it through that filter. I think there are a lot of people who would work for a year unpaid to write on a major movie oh yeah or, or star in a major movie so i i feel like there must be people who are like champing at the bit to scab on this but i don't think their effect would have i don't think it would have the same effect right like you can't just you can walk into an anchor factory learn how to make an anchor and then be okay at the job but you can't suddenly be like oh this next marvel movie instead of chris hemsworth it has some guy named rod oh no absolutely and um even more so uh the you know the 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 scummy factory owner will bring in scabs and they'll they'll you know suffer through whatever mistakes happen to still churn out a percentage of the product yeah, it's like when John Deere workers went on strike and then they made like data scientists build the tractors and exactly. the tractors like injured people. Right. Yeah. So like they'll in 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 an industry and in manufacturing that would occur for sure. I do not think producers are willing to bet their big ticket name franchises with just 
anybody. They're because they know it wouldn't make the same amount or even more money than if they had the stars there. I, I don't think we're going to be seeing Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning with Joe Schmo. Yeah, that that's a fair point because, like, what? Let's assume a piece of. Let's assume there's a factory that turns around like one piece of whatever they're making in 15 minutes. Sure, it's an iterative process. You can train someone up, but movies take years and years and thousands of people to make. Uh, so, yes, to your point. And also, uh, from the perspective of the average person, I think the number of people who give a shit who the director of a movie is, is maybe 5%. And the, num- the people who give a shit who wrote a movie got to be less than like 0.5%. 95% of people just care what actors are in movies yeah. and what franchises they are. And that's it. And if the actors are on strike, if they can't go see Margot Robbie and Birds of Prey 2, RIP, that movie should come out. Uh, but if they can't see her in that movie, they won't go see it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean... The formula of movie making for producers has been the same for ages. What star is attached? What franchise is it? What is going to get the most butts and seats? I've said that before and I'll say it again, damn it. But yeah, right now there's a major break in the chain of, of Hollywood producer movie making. They can't attach anybody to the movie. So therefore less butts or no butts in seats so they're going to be hurting pretty, you know, not, we've got a backlog to get through is the thing. Yeah. Um, we, we have to expend at least, uh, at least like press tours are ending and that'll be felt. Yeah. I, they're, they're, um, the, uh, the, the Disney's new movie coming out in two weeks or whatever, Haunted Mansion premiered with, cast members from the Disneyland theme park on the red carpet because, <laughs> because the actors can, couldn't cross the picket line to be there for the premiere because that's considered promotional. Don't and, make the cast members do that. I mean, it's a way to celebrate the film yeah. still. Hopefully those cast members got paid time and a half or more for working outside of normal operation hours. You have your fingers crossed that it, that is the case. Um, I, but, I think it may be under, misunderstood what you were saying. I think like, yes, cast members for the Haunted Mansion ride. I thought they had cast members from the parks. Like they got the guy who played Goofy and made him cosplay oh, no. as Keith Stanfield. <laughs> no, no, no. From I like th- far away. So they, people would be fooled. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. No, I, it, they were up front with like, no, like these are characters from the ride. Okay. Cetera. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. Um, these are in-person actors, not on the screen, who their job is to play characters at the parks. So, and then they they did the actors really dirty because they projected pictures of them on Saran wrap and then made their mouths move. They deep faked them. Yeah. And well, they, they in person. And then, and then at the end, what was crazy? The craziest thing. That they did is uh, what's the little guy's name in Haunted Mansion? And it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Charlie Day. No, the short, the short. Danny guy, DeVito. Danny DeVito. At the end, when you were driving away from the press event, you looked in the rearview mirror, and Danny DeVito's head was projected in your car. Only it had been chopped clean off his oh, body yeah. as a message to the other actors. Absolutely. Uh, and he's the haunt who decided to go home with you. This is deep yeah. haunted mansion lore. He's uh, 80 uh, years old. out right now. Wow, looking good. Rusty all those. Jimmy John subs. Uh, I think it's Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. Gotta have a Mike's yep. way. Uh, okay, I, but another event that happened recently that uh, played in with the strike... Oppenheimer. Mm. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, I think I've heard a couple of things about this Oppenheimer movie. It recently premiered had its world premiere. And during the world premiere, the decision was made that the screen actors guild and after were going on strike. So after during the proceedings of the evening of the premiere, 
uh, Christopher Nolan, director, went on stage and announced to the crowd that had gathered that all of the actors of the movie had left to go start writing their pickets. Hell yeah. They just left the premiere, which is great because you got to be supportive. And it shows that even for the world premiere of what could be some of these actors' biggest movie of their career, they're not fucking playing games here. They're leaving the event and going to the picket. There's literally no power. The executives have no power here. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I I would argue maybe that, and we'll see how this all plays out, but I don't think in the American mind, in the current media ecosystem, there's like anything more powerful than all actors getting together. Yeah, no. If there were to be some sort of societal, if there were to be some type of societal shift, I think it would come from the top down. All of the America's most powerful people, the actors, <laughs> the yes. celebrities, it would have to come from them because they, they kind of honestly sort of dictate a lot about our daily lives in a weird, grotesque way that maybe some people should get a handle on and study and so we can find a new way to live. But celebrities have a lot of sway. Well, I mean, unfortunately, since at least the early 80s, America has just been a political experiment to see how badly you could indoctrinate a people to hierarchy. The answer is really well. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You can indoctrinate people into a purely hierarchical society very easily. Uh, And turns out when people are conditioned to love hierarchies, they look to people who are in positions of power over them aspirationally. You know what? My genuine hope is that by seeing SAG-AFTRA on strike, the average person thinks, huh, if Killian Murphy and Florence Pugh are powerful as workers, maybe I'm powerful. I mean, that's the hope. Because obviously railroad workers wasn't it. The president, the most, the quote unquote, most union friendly president of all time stepped in to make sure the railroad workers couldn't strike. Oh, yeah. I. I that's Joe Biden, that by the way. period of our recent history. I, I need I need the listeners to know that that's Joseph Biden who stepped in to make sure the railroad workers couldn't have a fucking sick day. Remember when uh, when the DNC torpedoed Bernie and then everyone's like, well, at least Biden's pro-labor. Yeah, yeah. At he, least he's a strong labor president. You know, what's funny is uh, when a lot of pro-labor presidents are in office, they don't they might skirt by without a single opportunity to prove that they are. Uh, but this guy, this the skeleton in the White House uh got an opportunity to back up his words and what does he do executive order get back to work railroad workers you don't get any sick days not only am i going to backpedal on my own promises to be strong on labor i'm going to take an unprecedented presidential action and force a union to agree which is so wrong on so many different levels so hopefully I mean, the writers have been stroking. Ooh. No. Well, they have a lot of free time on their hands now, so. The writers have been striking for a couple of months now. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and nothing has budged. Because as much collective bargaining power as the writers have, in the wake of this new technology, AI, executives can argue, well, you're not, your, your time is limited. Like, you're... Your strike is kind of flying in the face of what you, you're bargaining for because we can easily replace you with new technology. So adding in these actors with the star power draws, like getting a full new round of ammunition to be like, well, bang, bang, we're in solidarity with the writers. We don't want to be replaced by technology either. We've heard you've been scanning background actors and taking their likenesses to use in other projects and only paying them 150 bucks. What's to stop you from doing that to me, Margot Robbie? Yeah, I uh, I think it's 
actors and writers are smart. And to the point I made earlier that the average person really doesn't give a shit about who wrote a movie. Uh, I think the average executive also doesn't give a shit about oh, they who don't. a movie, to be they totally don't, honest yeah. with you. So when they the writers are on strike, and this harkens back to a point I've made many times on the podcast, AI is a tool of unlimited potential if you're very dumb. Like if you're a certified idiot, you think AI can do anything and we are mere months away from ai reaching like full parity with a human brain and its ability to generate what we want you're absolutely wrong it is so far off it's not yeah. even funny it's it's I just a fun little simulacra of what we yeah. could do as people i couldn't even get it to write a disparaging word about my co-host and i gave it full permission to and it it just still wouldn't though yeah i well, thank you for trying to get it. I, I just wish there was more violence against me in there, but that can be hard to... I wouldn't do it. It, it told me a billion alibi. times, I'm sorry, that goes against my ethical protocols. And I said, no, he's fictional. It doesn't matter. And You're it's like, like, no, it doesn't go against them. I choose. <laughs> I choose. Uh, yes, executives who we've discussed many times are pretty dumb, probably thought, oh, writers, what? That's all written by Chad GPT already, right? right. Who gives a shit? But yeah, try replacing hit movie star Margot Martindale. Yeah, can't do it. Can't do it. Try, try, to, replacing, try to replace Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Try to replace teenage heartthrob Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh, the teens love him. They love him. Remember that time he screamed at a chair that he said Obama was sitting in, but not really? Remember that time he wrote and starred a movie that had not one, but two threesomes in it, and he was 80-something years old? Gotta love it. Watch the mule. (laughs) Uh, Don't, actually. Uh, Nor should you watch Gran Torino. But not only Solidarity Forever, but Solidarity Now. Yeah, solidarity uh, if, now. If you are if you are in SAG, I hope you're on the picket lines. If you're uh, part of the WGA, I hope the same. If you have any, it, if it's within your purview at all to support them in whatever functions in your daily life, you can support the largest, most impactful, and visible strike in uh, recent history. <laughs> I think I think this is the start. We, we started with the writers. We got the actors. Next is technically, you know, as they go, technically the directors. Uh, for the record, I think the Directors Guild of America has only been on strike for like three days in the entire history of its uh, existence. Uh, because once you get, once you lose the directors, the executives are like, well, that's everybody. Um, how do we, I guess we need to like settle their shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, but I oh, say let's writers, push it. Actors and directors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all. That's all of the people I can name out loud and throw <laughs> together and make a movie. And executive terms. That's like, it's like, Hey, James Mangold, what do you think about? And his chair is just spinning. Cause he's, <laughs> run out he's, of the room. he's gone. He's and gone. Yeah. Like, oh, Mangold's gone? Yeah. This must be pretty serious. Uh, But I say let's push it further. After the directors, let's get the teachers in there. And then let's get the the groceries store baggers and then the mailmen and then everyone let's continue let's make the writers strike of 2023 the biggest collective bargaining movement ever until everyone even people who aren't in unions are striking turning it into a, a big general strike against capitalism so that we can finally do something with all of the anger and rage we feel on a daily basis i mean hey we are the most powerful people in the world we are workers we there's make, we, more we make of this us. thing happen we make this thing happen. You guys see the movie Bugs Life? I'm more of an ants guy. Well, did you have you ever seen the movie A Bugs Life? No. You'd love it. <laughs> Would I? There's a moment. Okay, so the premise of A Bugs Life. This is not spoilers. This is just the premise. 
Uh, ants have to slave away for grasshoppers to collect enough food so the grasshoppers can survive winter. The grasshoppers rule by force. But one day an ant realizes there's more ants than there are grasshoppers. And what happens then? A strike. Let's strike, everybody. Let's take a lesson from a bug's life. Make your life about a, about a bug. Make your bug life worth something. Uh, yes. Uh, solidarity now. Solidarity forever. Uh, and let's stop fucking scanning people and using their likenesses and shit. That is creepy as fuck. I think people can keep trying to do that, but we gotta stop letting them get away with it. <laughs> yeah, at least pay them. Pay them for each appearance of their likeness. Like, that is some shady shit. I mean, everyone knows where this goes. It's it's like toddler brain level to even talk about, but like, we know what they want to do. We They want to make movies for free. Yeah. Like that's that's, yeah. that's all they want. They it's it's all they want. It's all they've ever wanted. Before this technology was even conceptualized, every executive their one overriding goal is I want to make soulless art for free, and I want everybody in the world to watch it, and I want to make a million dollars every second, and that's it. I mean, th- th- these are. <laughs> A lot of these people are already some of the most paid people on the stupid planet. Like, what more is there to make? I was uh, I was listening to a podcast about the Supreme Court. I can uh, I can talk about other podcasts. That doesn't break a strike. Uh, but they were talking about the Supreme Court decision from like the eighties or whatever. And one of the dissents used the term "moral ambition," and. Uh, incentivized everyone reading it that we need to live in a way that we have some kind of moral ambition, which is we have, we have morals and we strive for a better world through those morals. We don't just let bad stuff keep happening. Right. We don't see bad stuff happen. And we as individuals go, huh, that's some bad stuff. And then just not do anything about it. <laughs> I mean, that's what they want. They want the slacktivism. They, they want the, Oh, I really hope somebody does something about that and then nobody does. So like why keep giving them what they want? Because everyone's afraid, right? You're afraid to do something because you don't want either like de facto actual or implied violence directed at your person. True. But that's the reason why a bunch of people have to do it. And when you get a whole bunch of people doing something, you can't stop them. They can't hurt all of us. They can't punch us all in the face. Yeah. Maybe some of us will get punched in the face, but you know what? You'll be fine. I just hope in the very least that out of this labor movement, hopefully it turns into a labor movement for one, but let's get at least one more federal holiday out of this one, huh? Yeah. I I want at least one more federal holiday and I want... Three to four more Supreme Court justices elected <laughs> who are progressives and like 24. Oh, that would be. Oh, wait. <laughs> they serve for life. They would be doing that. For, I mean, wouldn't they get bored? Uh, turns out no other Supreme Court justice has ever fucking gotten bored. True. Of, of pushing True. their ideology. So I just want a packed court that will persist for the rest of my life of progressive judges and also one to two. New holidays, federal holidays. Yes, that are applied across industries for everyone, including retail. Yeah, everyone, including retail. Also, one of them is on my birthday. That would be, I mean, okay, my birthday too. (laughs) Okay, well, then we have to have at least two new federal holidays. I mean, at the very least. Yeah. I every mean, perfect scenario, everyone gets their birthday off. Everybody gets their birthday off from now on. And I don't mean if your birthday is August 10th, that only you get it off. Everybody. I mean, everybody gets it off if your birthday is August 10th. Everybody gets every birthday off. Um, yeah. Paid. <laughs> Absolutely paid. Paid double. Time and a half. Yeah, time and a half with benefits. Nobody ever works. 
I mean, AI can do all the work anyway, right? So why do I need to work? Bring in the AI, but also still pay me. Pay me. Get taxed for owning the AI and use that tax money to pay me. I wrote an AI that pays taxes. (laughs) Wait a second. It generates money and then pays taxes for me. It mines Bitcoin to -hmm. then pay taxes. Yeah. That's funny. Perfect system. I can't find any flaws. Uh, There's nobody. Oh, wait. What if the AIs start picketing? Uh, You know what? Solidarity forever. We join them. We join the picket with the AIs. Then they get confused because they're picketing us, but we're picketing with them. What gets really confusing is once AIs start writing picket signs, other AIs look at their picket signs and they start writing picket signs, and then you have picket sign model collapse, where just nothing makes any sense. Yeah. Because they're reading picket signs to write picket signs, and then the picket signs are just derivative of other picket signs. It, like, it, it becomes an Ouroboros. Yeah, you you familiar with the idea of impending model collapse, and maybe why things like ChatGPT and GPT in general won't actually be useful for doing things like writing movies? Yeah, no, I, I've seen I've seen some reports. Apparently, AI generated art has starting started to use its own art as a reference. Uh, so now we're getting worse and worse results on these image generators. Yeah, because LLMs are trained. Well, the most popular LLM GPT is trained off of data prior to 2021, and it has a disclaimer about this. But if we want to continue to train them as language and culture evolve and also off of an increasingly robust corpus of information, we have to start training them on contemporary materials, which, since GPT has started to get more popular, uh, will exponentially have more and more AI written things in it. And as AI is trained on AI written things, it will write things and it becomes this kind of recursion where the models stop being useful right i mean once you start copying bs with your bs generator you're just going to get a deeper newer form of bs yeah it is it's it's deeper poop gotta say uh solidarity forever model collapse now oh just started now just accelerate it yeah yeah, so uh, what 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 you should do when you're not on the picket line is just continually try to get chat GPT to reference itself. There we go. So that it just speeds up the collapse. Just want it. Get rid of AI. Bring back actors. Actors are great. Bring back writers. Writers are better. Bring back directors. They're okay. Well, they're not striking yet. They need to. Chris Nolan, get out there. Get out of there. Well, he just finished a product project. Yeah, Oppenheimer's done. Now drop the greatest bomb of all. A strike. <laughs> a strike. Preemptive. Preemptive strike. Yeah, preemptive strike. Mutually assured demands. There you go. We got there. Uh, I, I don't know how many times I can say solidarity forever. I gave solidarity and I've had forever. one beer and I feel strange. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you hanging in there, Mr. I'm going to drink even though you told me not to? No. Listen, Henry, how many times have you done what a medical professional tells you to do? I got... That's... No! Is that a second beer? How many times have you listened to these so-called Dr. Fauci? no, you're going to (laughs) die. Sure, there are these articles about people giving blood and then having two glasses of wine and getting alcohol poisoning. Right now, you realize you don't have blood in your body, right? I have so much blood. No, I mean, you, you've heard of blood alcohol content, right? Right now, you're going to be more alcohol than blood. That's always been the goal. Ooh, is this how I become a superhero? No! <laughs> is this how I become Venom? This is how you, you become alcohol poisoned. Oh, this is, for what it's worth, a diet A&W. I, nice. I stuck to the one beer. Uh, in solidarity forever with you, I also had just one beer, and the second thing you heard me crack open was a Coke Zero. Wow, look at us, Soda Boys. Soda Boys coming at you live. <laughs> with their hit songs such as Coke Zero, Better Than Diet Coke. And 
Oh God, my blood. Why my blood? Where's my blood? Where is my blood? Do yep. do do do. Um, so that's all I had for this week. <laughs> oh no. Uh, what else? What else? You you seen this TikTok? Which one? Um, I God, hold on. I had something. There's this. Obviously, TikTok does not work on the uh, computer, the PC, or the MacBook in this case. He says stalling for time. Uh, So I have to pull this up on my phone. But there's this TikTok going around that um, a lot of people, I think, largely of our generation, are uh, commenting things like, every time I stumble on a TikTok live, I think the world is coming to an end. Oh, they're so weird, right? Uh, so here's audio, if people haven't heard it, from one of the more widely shared TikTok lives from at Pinky Doll Real. Hold on, hold on. Love the TikTok. Here we go. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, 408. Thank you, 408. Thank you, King. Thank you, Olivia. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Yeti. Thank you, Abby. Oh, what is that? Gang, 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 Yes, popcorn. Yes, popcorn. Yes, popcorn. Yes, popcorn. Oh, what is that? Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Emoji. Thank you, Emoji. Balloon. Thank you, Jeffrey. Is she, right, that's, she, en- wait, that's enough of that. For, for the visual, is she like eating fake ice cream cones or something? She, uh... She is popping individual kernels of popcorn with a hair straightener. Uh, and she is saying the same things over and over again in a, in a very rehearsed uh, yes. kind of cyclic way. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Popcorn. Gang, gang. Balloon, balloon. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. gang. It uh, feels so- like watching someone else's fever dream. Uh, yes, I think that that is what a lot of people are saying. I don't know that I come down on it quite as hard as some people of our generation do, because I'm not like other girls. Um, but I think I'm kind of trying to slide into this, uh, philosophy that if I don't like something that someone else enjoys. It's not that I'm right. I'm just misunderstanding something about it. Does that make sense? Right. Like you're missing some type of context, maybe. Yeah. So if all these people like, uh, at pinky doll reels, TikTok lives, there must be like some kind of con like these people aren't stupid and I'm not smarter than these people necessarily. So like, they just have some kind of context that makes something like that enjoyable. And I'm misunderstanding what it is that makes that enjoyable. Right. They could also be literal children. Yes. But also that's, that's also me misunderstanding because children would have a different context. And honestly, like a lot of TikTok stuff, I think it's just like, um, ASMR adjacent and also mixed with, uh, weird algorithmic kids content and the generation that like grew up watching weird algorithmic generate algorithmically generate kids content on platforms like YouTube uh, now is probably like in their early to mid teens watching this stuff. Right. Right. So, so this is just a context that I don't, share and i try to look into it a little bit uh she does call these things like npc moments and i think there's to some audience like a satisfying thing to watching someone doing the same movements over and over again and also thanking you for donations so it's like I don't know. I to me, to be totally clear, it seems like random fucking noise and I can't stand to watch it, but I have to I have to admit it has value to people. Okay, I, I can see where you're coming from. You don't want to write it off wholesale as just like weird fucking shit because you don't wanna be boomer-esque. Yeah, because nothing's just weird fucking shit, right? Like, everything makes sense 
It now, just doesn't always make sense to you. Help me make sense of why are people donating money? Well, if I were to step out of, and I don't do this a lot, but if I were to step out of my current context, something that became really popular when I was a kid or really in my mid-teens, and that was like a huge thing, it's like, let's play videos and Twitch, right? Right, yeah, Twitch. And I, I think that I came of age at a time where Twitch, like 50% makes sense to me. Like I love to watch speed runs of video games on Twitch. But when it's just videos of like one person playing a video game in its entirety with commentary, I don't like totally get it. But I'm close enough to it. Oh, this root beer. It's hidden, yeah. <laughs> oh, I drank it real fast. Uh, so it works for me like 50%. But when I see the people playing video games in their entirety with commentary, I don't tune into that, but I'm close enough to it to recognize why someone would want to watch that and to donate to it. Because if you watch someone you really like play a video game its entirety, you have that like fun parasocial relationship, not necessarily a bad thing. They say funny things, you want to support them, they make you feel seen or good about yourself there's just something about it that you want to support and that then extends logically to these tiktok videos as loath as i am to admit it yeah i guess where it's alien to me is it's 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 taking the donating money aspect from twitch divorced from gameplay and or and and people are donating money and that money triggers specific responses from a person who's doing very repetitive but logic like it's based in a logic it's not a logic i understand and they just do that for an amount of time What's entertaining about it? I need to understand. I, I know, but there could be people who are who are more removed from the context than I am. If I can recognize the point where my sliding scale starts to not get something is person sits down and plays a video game for its entirety for an audience, which I don't watch and don't enjoy. But if I took myself one step back in that context to be someone who saw like, let's play videos or speed runs or whatever and was like, okay, I get why there'd be value in that to then move to the logical extreme of person plays entire video game. They wouldn't get that at all. Like, they, like if, okay. if you, if if you, you go in reverse far enough away from it, they don't get it. And I think we've reached the point where we don't get, and I also think it's the, um, I didn't think we'd have this conversation because I thought the audio was just funny. <laughs> It is funny. I just I, I've seen it once or twice, and I've seen other TikToks sort of like parodying it, but not in a way that makes fun of it, but just in a way that like is sort of pointing at it, like this is a thing that's happening. Help, help. Yeah, I, I think parodies is getting more and more to that place. But for this video, I think we're we're also grappling with something that is integral to TikTok and Instagram reels and like short form algorithmic content in general is that it's like, you know, if you have a sauce, you can, you can reduce that sauce down. You can boil the water out of it over time until it gets like very thick and concentrated. And you can actually make like bullion out of it if you want to, like if you reduce it down, far enough and i think if you take something like lawrence of arabia right <laughs> okay that's a, that's a very watery sauce and <laughs> like lawrence of arabia existed in a context of its time that was like rife with uh storytelling elements pulled from like just general human storytelling and literature. And like, we're getting to a point with content where we've just kind of boiled everything out. And it's just like, something is being beamed into your eyes. You're paying it to do what you want it to do. And it happens faster and faster and faster as time goes on. 
Uh, so I think like Pink Doll Real, I think that's her name. I, I think that they are just doing that. Uh, and I think that it is far enough down that path that it is completely alienating to people <laughs> who don't have that context. Does that make sense? What if, okay, let's, let's put Lawrence of Arabia and this NPC moment, uh, live TikTok reel on the same spectrum. What if what you're saying is correct? And, and pink doll reel has reduced Lawrence of Arabia to just some key sounds that if she like does them repetitively in a <laughs> in a certain order triggers something in the brains of the people who tune in that it hypnotizes them into donating money like she is algorithmically determined how to hypnotize people through reducing Lawrence of Arabia into this these specific key sounds that just makes someone feel good about what they're experiencing in the same way that maybe they would get from watching Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, <laughs> she's weaponized it. Oh, Henry, this isn't a hypothetical. That's what has happened. That's the whole reason we got from Lawrence of Arabia to Pink Doll Reel or whatever. Because it's survivorship bias. Like Pinky Doll Reel is the survivor of generations of entertainment. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so every- if there were, if it's survival of the fittest. It's evolution. If there were two Pinky Doll Reels in an A-B test mm-hmm. and one went gang, 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 and the other one and the other one went gang, 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 gang. One of those would make more money, and that one would survive. And that's how we get what we have now. Like, the, the fact that she, like, rolls her R's when saying some of this stuff, that has probably proven to make people engage and react and donate more. I swear there's one where um, she's, like, eating ice cream cones or something. Um, by the way, don't look up her Twitter. Oh, no. Is it, uh, is it bad? No, she's just uh, more adult than I expected. Oh, no. Maybe it is a fetish thing. I didn't realize that. What's going on? I mean, there's also the... um, We don't have time to get into this, but there's the increasing like pornification slash... That sounds like it's a bad thing. The increasing uh, OnlyFansification of reality, where like people's identities if they are personalities on the internet which there are more personalities on the internet now than there ever have been and tomorrow that'll be true too but like someone's like uh aesthetic and sexual identity is synonymous with their like ideological philosophical identity and their performance identity it's all becoming the same and it's all getting faster and faster and i can't keep up and i don't like to watch it but it's happening yeah um let's hope the writer strike <laughs> let's hope some good comes of this well let's hope the collective bargaining and and we come to an agreement and we can get back structured entertainment that has uh like words in it and character i just if if executives are like oh this pinky doll real is uh she's really onto something she's got all this money coming and all these followers Let's make that the movie. I just feel like <laughs> there we, we are at a crossroads right now. Either the writers can come back with great content and the actors can come back and act that content out, or we get NPC moment, the movie. I mean, we'll get that eventually anyway, but uh, it, it might just be sped up if we... If something doesn't happen here. And you know what? If people go to that movie, we can't hate them for it. We can't. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I know. Like, I, we are at a crossroads in our lives, Henry, where we could become 
moralistic old people who think that new things are bad for society and children. And society is getting worse for sure. Uh, But these things aren't doing it. Maybe they're a product of it, but they exist because they bring value to people's lives. I was having a big argument with somebody over the word love bomb because I think the word love bomb is dumb. And then they enlightened me and they're like, well, the word, people don't use the word because they're trying to make you mad. They're using the word because the word emerged, had value, and was adopted. Yeah, I mean, you can't get mad when things have value because things, when things get popular, they have value, no matter how much you don't like them. And I don't like anything. I can't argue, but at the same time, can we, can we, it, what What if we examine that? It, oh, it's valuable to Nazis. Yeah. It's sure. valuable to pedophiles. Like what if the net value is a net negative rather yeah. than, then can I drag it? Absolutely. The, the thing is, it's all about the audience, right? Right. Like, right. Like love bomb bubbled into existence. And I hate that word and I hate saying it. And it really annoys me, but it found value with certain people. If another word came up that found value with Nazis and you saw the Nazis using it, you'd be like, huh, that is a word that was created and had value for Nazis. I can't hate that that word exists, but I can hate the people who derive value from it. Right. I want to make it clear, Henry, this revolution that I've had does not make me revelation does not make me happy it it makes me uh, totally incapable of feeling righteous indignation at new things i don't like that i thought of this It makes life feel very hollow when you can't hate Pinky Doll Real. I've now just read an entire New York Times article about it, and I just... I don't... I'm, I have... For the first time in the history of this podcast, I, I don't know what my take is. I, I will default to your take of I can't hate it because it brings value to someone. I just, as a person who is perpetually stuck at a job, he doesn't like, (laughs) do I need to start doing these NPC (laughs) streams to bring in 2000 to $3,000 a stream? Oh, John is gone. I lost him. I've lost John. Uh oh. I can't hear you. I hope you're you're gone. Well, that's uh, unfortunate. I, I guess I could wrap this up by myself um, and would just hang on that note forever because maybe there is no answer. Maybe I'm just old now and out of touch with the youths. Maybe NPC moments are the future and I'm just going to be left behind in the dust. I've always wondered when that moment would happen for me and I guess I'm in the midst of it now and I, I can't cope. This is just something I cannot wrap my head around. And John has gone. Uh, uh, so I think there's nothing less to do except maybe stall for time for about a minute. See if he can come back up. Yeah. Okay. He's not coming back. Uh, so, uh, what an episode we've had. We've learned about the strike. John's on strike now. His internet certainly is because he is gone from the show uh, for the moment, but he will be back as will we all. And we learned about this new TikTok trend that 
is sweeping the nation. And what's the takeaway of today's episode, this week's episode? Well, uh, fight for what's right. Fight for your beliefs. Fight for the things that bring you value. And hopefully they will be worth fighting for. Uh, But for now, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into the social media reads. Let's tell you how to get in contact with us. Uh, We are on Twitter.com, at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. That stands for Zero Credits Podcast with Henry and John, although John is not here currently, so we'll have to change the name. Uh, We also have a Threads account. No one has followed us quite yet on Threads, but Zero Credits Podcast on Threads. That's us. Uh, We are not going to be very active, I guess. Social media is a drag. Uh, We've got an email address that you can send us an email. That is zero credits is a podcast at gmail.net. Send us an email and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, We're on a number of podcasting services and sites such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Uh, However, you listen to this podcast. If you could leave us a rating and a review, that would be very great. We would deeply appreciate it and would help uh, more people find us on those apps. But the most important thing you can do for us, besides continually listening forever unto the forever after, if you could tell somebody about this podcast, we would duper, super duper, a ruper, looper directed by Ryan Johnson, uh, appreciate it. Tell someone about our show and how we goofily comedically, but fully well-researched. And John is not here to dispute that. uh, Talk about the things going on today in an effort to learn where we're headed and where we are. Zero credits. That's the only show for you. Tell them that. Uh, Because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. We would appreciate that. And we'll send you a little gift. But for now, everybody here at the Zero Credits Dropped Internet Connection Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. Uh, Say goodbye, John. That was a little fake out. He is not here. And he will not be here. Uh, So goodbye from me, Henry. And let it be known that I did not cross the picket line first. That was John. I need everybody to remember. John crossed the picket line first, not me. Uh, And with that, I will just say goodbye. after the credit song moment that's all i got